All right, guys, if you missed out on Freight Fest 2023, I feel for you. I know you're punching air. However, Freight Fest 2024 is going to come sooner than you think. Right now, go to www.freightfest.com. Early bird tickets are available. Listen, we're already planning for next year. It's going to be crazy. We are already lining up the speakers. Uh, Make sure you stay tapped in with us for all the updates, but get your early bird tickets right now for Freight Fest 2024, happening on September 26th through the 29th at the Royal Sinesta Galleria Hotel in Houston, Texas. All right? Go to www.freightfest.com for more updates. I can't wait to see y'all there. Let's go. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We're doing business with the world's largest purchaser. So it's an idea of understanding who your customer is, which is the government, understanding how they purchase, what they purchase, when they purchase. When it comes to certification, it's like a license to print money, right? Just like when you got a license for a welding or hair technician or nail technician, those that was a license for you to be able to use that and monetize. It was more than just, I want you all to just get money. I want y'all to understand this process because you understand this process, you can wash, rinse, repeat with any other business that you have going on. And then you can pass the baton. You can teach and show someone else how to do these things. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Oh man, hustle, hustle fam, hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode. And yo, I got my brother, I got my brother with me today. The man himself, the myth, the legend. Hamza Sabri. Yo, you, that's all you. Global yeah. Connects. Yes, man. Yo, man. Once again, appreciate it. I just appreciate everything you're doing for the culture, everything you're doing for the transportation industry, everything you're doing for business and entrepreneurship for all the communities across this world. It's major. Thank you, it's man. It's global. It's global. <laughs> so we made history one time, right? 400 acres in a Maserati. <laughs> broke the internet <laughs> time and time again. It's still currently breaking the internet. And I'm like, yo, the people need more, man. I, I I go through those YouTube comments and I'm just like, they just, they, there's so much questions mm. and people are so interested in this government contracting right. space. And there's no one better to teach it than you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I just told you before the, the meeting, there's a lot of people that teach government contracting and respect to all of them because there's people doing an amazing job. Absolutely. Just the, but just the way you, 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 you put it down is just different. You know, you have a different energy about yourself and you really connect and resonate with people. So that's why we love you, bro. That's man, why we love good. you. It's good to be loved. <laughs> no yeah. doubt, man. So, so. What's going on, man? What's new in the space? Because I know you'll get right into it. I ain't got to ask much questions with you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to make my job super easy today. It's, you know? it's the small steps towards the big goal every day. That's you know? right. Um, that's that's my motto. That's my saying. That's my mantra. That's what. That's how we operating. You know, small steps towards the big goal every day. Any of those big goals you have, those 
big accomplishments that you're trying to attack. We got to just do the small steps towards it every day. So what can I do today in this 24 hours? You know, I'm here to serve and grow, make the best out of my 24. You know, so what can I do today to get me towards my goal? So I got to do those small steps today. And then the next day when it, when I'm blessed to wake up the next morning, I'm doing the small steps towards the big goal that day. So that's all we've been on since episode 27. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's been small steps towards the big goal every day and it's spreading the awareness of government contracting letting the, the 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 business owners the small businesses the entrepreneurs the women-owned businesses the minority-owned businesses out there in the world to understand that there is this is not a cumbersome process of doing business with the world largest purchaser right we're doing business with the world largest purchaser so it's an idea of understanding who your customer is which is the government Understanding how they purchase, what they purchase, when they purchase, understanding the algorithm to your customers so you can know how to service them. Mm. You know, we focus on competition. We want to beat competition. I want to beat competition to secure this government contract. And it's like that's that's uh, backwards operating. I want to focus on my customer, which is the government, and what I'm going to provide them at the best value. Not try to beat competition. Is to serve my customer. Focus on that, and no that's doubt. where we miss certain parts within government contract and procurement is that part right there. Focus on what your customer needs are, right? Um, 90% of government contracts is the is learning the procurement process. And what I mean by that is not just submitting in bids or submitting in proposals. It's not just, um, 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 you know, going after certain opportunities that may be um, fit into your industry and just submitting in a quote. It's more than that. You have to understand the paperwork process. It's more than just certifications because you can have these different certifications for your business, but if you don't know how to utilize them, then it's worthless. It's just a it's just in a, a title right. that you don't know how to to make work. And when it comes to certifications, it's like a license to print money, right? Just like when you got a license for a welding or hair technician or nail technician, those that was a license for you to be able to use that and monetize. So it's the same thing with your certification that is women-owned business or minority-owned business or disadvantaged business enterprise or hub zone or AA or any of these program certifications out there. If you don't know how to use the tool, it's worthless. Mm. You got all the tools, but you can't build anything because you don't know how to work them. So that's the key thing is knowing how to work these certifications in your favor so you can get the benefit from being certified as those social economic classifications. No doubt. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So let's start here because you, when we, when you just came in the room, you told me that you just now made a huge accomplishment. You're teaching in the schools now, right? Which is dope. So I want you, number one, to tell the people about that, how that came about, right? That whole, this whole situation, exactly what you're doing. And then my follow, I have a follow-up question for you after that. So talk about that first. All right. So dope. You know, I went to uh shout out to Claire Muhammad Elementary, uh, WD Muhammad High School. Uh, that's a school I went to. That's a community that's that that built me to what I am now. I went there from pre-K all the way to 12th grade. And um I've just been thinking for the past, you know, couple of months, like I want to give back, but I want to give back in my own way. What's the What's the most beneficial way I can give back? And, you know, with with school and curriculum and education, it's a lot of, you know, college prep courses and stuff like that. And I want to bring something vocational style. You know, you got woodwork, welding, arts and crafts and stuff like that. So I wanted to bring something within business education, 
Um, so I was like, you know what? I want to teach 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th graders how to do business with the world's largest customer. Because that's setting the tone right there of how they can tap in and do this now. There's no age limit on creating your own business. There's no age limit on getting your cage code. There's no age limit on actually learning this process now because here's an opportunity. Here's more options outside of the most traditional way of getting education is going to college. Here, here's something that you can, you can leave out of high school with and you can immediately start applying this stuff and start creating results. You can, I, I wish I had that type of information going into the school or being in high school and being privy to this. I used to tell the students, I'm like, y'all getting something that, you know, other students don't get in other schools, colleges, corporate training. This is y'all getting like some prime information. Right. You know? Right. So I want y'all to use it. You know, I want you to apply it because I remind them like education, all right, plus the implementation is going to create the conversation. No doubt. All right? No and that formula. And we can't skip the educational part. So let's learn. Let's learn because that's where we earn more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So always stay a student. That's my motto. Remain a student because that's where the money resides. Right? <laughs> When you learn more, you earn more. So I, it's a blessing. I just started uh, this past Friday teaching 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th uh, graders government contracting, and it's been dope. And they've been excited, and they're just like, it just opened up a whole new can of worms in it. And I just feel so great inside that I'm able to give back yeah. in that way and really help birth and help create more entrepreneurs. It might be the next you know, billion-dollar company right. come out of the school based right. off of Government contracting, right. you know what I mean? And they found their lane, they found their niche, and they got rich. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and they're gone. So it's, it's a beautiful experience. I'm enjoying it, man. It's going to keep getting better and better, too. That's dope. All right, so here's my next question. So, because a lot of people listening to this, when they think of government contracting, they're probably thinking about, they're probably on like a 6th to ninth grade level, right? Because it's totally new, totally mm-hmm. new world. So how did you go in there on your first day teaching government contracting to these young kids, ninth grade, what's that? This, uh, what, uh, 14, 14 years 14. old? 14 years old. When you went in there and you started talking to these 14-year-old kids, how'd you break it down to them? Um, the first thing I came and said, you know, anyone know who the world's largest customer is, right? Anyone has an idea of who the world's largest customer is. From that standpoint, it really didn't click to them for as customer you know, I, I I definitely play with words, and I want them to pay attention. So, who's who's what is a customer? All right, someone that's consuming, purchasing goods or services. Okay, let's talk about the world largest customer now, right? So, one of them said, "Well, the black community, we're the world largest customer. <laughs> like, we consume, <laughs> we consume." Like, hey, you smart? He got he something. He something. But I was telling them that the government—they never hear government. They hear, you know. FBI, CIA, they don't hear uh, as a customer. I didn't know government spends money with small businesses. So I was able to, you know, break that down to where like this is this is your customer right here, and they spend over seven trillion dollars a year. And they said, What you say, Mr. Zabri? Yeah, <laughs> seven trillion dollars a year this customer spends on all different services and supplies. So anything you can name of right now, y'all, the government is spending. Money also, you hear people just name some napkins. Yes, pens. Yes, just as simple as ink, toner, things of that nature. Yes, they, everything you see in this classroom right now, they spend money on it times right. a million. Right, right, right. So now everybody head is wondering now, and I'm like, okay, now what type of business would you want to create to sell to the world largest customer? Ah, uh. right. Now they're wondering like, oh, 
well, I always had this idea for this building, this certain type of service. Like everybody started getting engine and the ingenuity start clicking and people start getting more creative and start solving problems. See, most people think that only way you sell to the government is you purchase their supplies or services that they asking for. But you can, if you can create something that's innovative, that's unique, you can propose that to the government, mm. right? If you can solve a problem, you can propose that 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 answer or pro- propose that problem with your answer, and they can create a budget set aside for you and do business directly with you. Right now, hold on, real quick, are these kids thinking about starting businesses? Yeah, of course. They better be in my class. Yes, I mean, but, but even before your class, are, yes. are there, is there a mindset even around like we want to be entrepreneurs? Well, the community where we come from and the school that that that, that created the foundation for us always instilled in us do for self. Mm. Period. It was just do for self. Um, they give you the independence of of ownership, uh, community life, and be able to network amongst us with our own resources. So it was already embedded in us going to that school. So. Just pushing the needle forward or just pushing that little tick into the child and saying, you know what? I'm about to do this because now I got some real support for us. I can do this business and I can do it with the government. And they're purchasing a lot of it. So it's like strategically coming up with ways to where they, they can fit their little niche in so they can start generating revenue now right. or learning the process. So it was more than just I want you all to just get money. I want y'all to understand this process because you understand this process, you can wash, rinse, repeat with any other business that you have going on. And then you can pass the baton. You can teach and show someone else how to do these things. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thing is I don't want to be the dependent of government contracting. I want it to be for everyone else. Like you depend on yourself, right? Because for a real empowerment for our communities and real empowerment for other people, it comes from when they can actually do for self. Not when you just come back to me, you know, go catch your own fish. Right. Right? And provide right. for your own family. So that's 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 the whole model of producing solid quality small businesses out here that's making a strong impact into generating money with government contracting. Um and I'm such a huge advocate for it because it's in the law. Yeah. It's in the federal acquisition regulation. Those are all the laws of clause and mandate with government contracting. They're saying that, hey, this this is the operating procedures for us, government as small as a, as a customer or purchaser. We're going to spend our money with twenty three percent of the budget with small businesses, right? So, just that basic concept alone is like, here's the opportunity for me, but how do I get to it? We hear it all the time. You know, we hear a lot of red tape and things that. You know, very hard to get into government contracting. Um, it's going to take two to three, four years. No, it won't take that if you know how to do the proper steps, the proper procurement steps, knowing the, the the relationships, the networking, understanding the statistics, understanding the numbers, understanding the concept of the world largest customer. Right. So it comes from a strategic standpoint that government contract is not a numbers game. Remember? Most people think you just throw something on the wall and see what's going to stick. I'm going to submit 100 bids, you know, just to just to get one or two. That's not how it works. Government contracting is not a numbers game. It's a it's a strategic game. Mm. If if I submit 100 bids, what if I get awarded all 100? Hmm. Can I execute them all simultaneously at the same time? Right. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, 
but my life. Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at La Chiffre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics than hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcast. So... Teaching from a standpoint, understanding procurement and knowing how to identify your target and then hit your target, right? So when we were submitting in proposals or we submitting in bids, we know that we can execute this if we get awarded. Our T's are crossed, our I's are dotted. It's not just throwing stuff at the wall and hopefully we're going to see something stick. We're strategically going after our customer that spends the most money on our services, right? We're going to go specifically after government agencies that are spending money with this certain type of social economical status or classification or certification, maybe women-owned, small business, minority-owned, right? right? right. And then we're going to specifically identify everything in the procurement, everything in the actual solicitation to understand what my customer wants. It's all in black and white. When you understand exactly what my customer wants, do you know how to properly aggregate all the tools, labor, material, and costs to propose to them, right? Did that make sense? It makes sense. Understanding what your customer says in black and white, that's government contracting. Mm. It's different when in the private sector, the government or your customer may call you over the phone and say, hey, I need this order of this, or I need this supplies of this, and that's different. You hear exactly what they want. But it's different when your customer is breaking down in specs, dimensions, sizes, in the scope of work, and putting in all this other language in it, and you have to understand it comprehend it so you can apply the right price and budget for it so you can be competitive you so you can so you can offer the best value and you can't do that until you understand what your customer wants in order to understand what your customer wants you have to understand the procurement process mm. that's key what's that word mean procurement we always Procure- say that word just for people to understand what does procurement procurement mean? means that you're pretty much um aggregating all the uh right documents information um statistics, data, you're procuring all that together, getting all the documents, all of the right uh, necessary information so you can submit the right proposal, so you can submit the right bid. So it's a procurement services. That's what that's what Global Connects do. do. We, we, are, we offer procurement services for qualified companies to where that you sit back, relax, and enjoy this program <laughs> while we generate this money for you. <laughs> procuring all of the revenue through government contracting. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So let's continue with, with the ninth graders, right? Let's go back there. So you, you ask them who's the world's biggest customer. They say the black community. You say, <laughs> yeah, but no. <laughs> and you move on. Now they understand it's, it's the government. All right. So now you're, you're, you're trying to connect that for them. Like, okay, but that's the government. So how am I going to even get to the government? Right. So how do you start connecting those? So I start breaking down the process of understanding business. Um, what are the steps to, to create a business? What are the steps that's needed to tap into the world's largest customer? You're going to need your articles of organization, whether it's an LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp, joint venture partnership, right? You're going to need your employer identification number, right? Not employee, employer. Just We're building bosses. You know, we're building leaders. So this is get your employer identification number. 
almost similar to like your social security number so I can identify who you are, what you're about. But this is for your business to identify your business, who you business, what your business is and what it's about. Right. Same thing. Then we go into the Dun and Bradstreet number. You need those and then your business bank account. These are essential things that you need to have. But guess what? How much it costs? Here in the state of Georgia, your articles organization costs you a hundred bucks. Right? Now, how much does it cost for you for four years of college? A lot more than a hundred right? bucks. So one person said a hundred K. I said, now someone tell me the the the, the distinct this distinction of each one. It cost me a hundred dollars to start my business right now, create a business essentially, because EIN is free, Dunn's number is free. This is bank account, it's your deposit you put in now, so it's your money. All right. So in Georgia, it's a hundred bucks to start your business. The same business that uh Warren, uh not Warren, well, Warren Buffett. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, all of the high-level companies, Fortune 500 companies, started off the same process. Everybody had an articles organization. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, depending on what state they started, it could have been cheaper than 100 or more than 100, but it's 100 bucks. They paid the same thing. Right. They got the same EIN number, the same Dun & Bradstreet, and the same business account. So what makes you all different from them? Right. Right? What makes you all different from them? Consistency. That's what makes... That's what separates someone business from the next business or someone from the next person is consistency. So how are you all going to have consistency in your business or in your life that you want to do? You got to move with purpose. You got to move with passion. First, anything that you do, you have to you have to be interested in it. You have to have some type of emotional feeling for it. You have to you have to feel great about doing that. That will make you stay committed. Right? Anything we're passionate about, we automatically committed. Right. You know, you love your significant other, wife, husband, boyfriend, whatever it may be. You're passionate about that. You automatically committed to that, right? 100%. When you automatically, when you have passion, it ignites your commitment automatically. And that's the most easiest formula to stay consistent because it's going to equal consistency. So someone asked me, like, why are you always be going so hard, Hems? You go so hard. <laughs> go. I said, bro, I'm moving with passion. Right. Right. That's, that allows me to automatically be committed. That's why you see consistency nonstop, regardless. When I don't want to get up, my passion get me up. You know what I mean? Like you have your days where you're not going to want to do something, but those are the days that make you who you are, how you perform on the days that you don't want to do nothing. Right. Those are the days that I go hard mm. or the days that I do not want to do nothing. And I have those days. Yeah. Right. And guess what? Those are the best days I perform. You know what I mean? <laughs> no doubt. So just pouring that into the students out of, out of your business of just self-worth, confidence, that you can do anything you want to do. Don't let no one tell you what you can't do. Man, I get chills down my back because I'm able to spark that into them. Yeah. Whatever they heard from society or this world or anything like that or from their peers or from their parents, I'm telling them, like, no, this is your life. Your decision is on you. Your decision is on on what you apply yourself to. Mommy can't save you. Daddy can't save you. Your friends can't save you. This is your life that you're living, right? So when you're going out here, you're making the decisions and it, it reflects on, on you. No one is not going to be held accountable but you. Right. So I give them a sense of authority, a sense of I am my own leader. Yes, we are all our own leaders in our own capacity. And you need to take responsibility of that. So yes, y'all going to have to take this test and y'all all, all got to pass collectively as one. Not individual, right? Because when it's individual, it's just, I'm just worrying about me. I need y'all to worry about each other as a community because we build each other up. When you build each other up strong, then now you got a strong network. 
Now we're using each other's resources in our pool because we work together. So I'm just just slowly but surely planting these strong pillars into them that I know that is going to make them solid all the way around. And that's just the dope part. That's just the dope part all about it. That's dope. What what are some of the businesses they came up with when they started thinking about you know what they wanted to do. Well, yeah, someone wanted to get into janitorial cleaning. I had this one student, uh, I forget the name, uh, is a, a microbiologist. I might be messing it up. <laughs> I think it, sound, it sounds right. Micro, right. we got to You look under a microscope to identify. Yeah, you look under a microscope to identify, you know, what the bacteria is or what certain they like. Okay. Want to get into everyone's passion. I don't want to know about anyone's job, career, or anything, what you like to do. Because right. whatever you like to do, it can be monetized. And yeah. we want to focus on moving with the love, with the passion of what you like to do. So I don't want to hear about careers or uh, or I plan on going to this kind of no. What do you love to do? Because what you love to do, you can do for the rest of your life. Mm. You know what I mean? 100%. So I hear these different business ideas. You know, some people want to get into uh, the transportation, the logistics. Um, some uh, want to get into engineering, edu- uh, mechanical engineering. Uh, got some students that that want to get into the uh, the uh, janitorial cleaning or to the facility management. Um, as they said, they like to they want to be a project manager. They want to be an overseer. They want to be the one to be able to schedule out you know different uh, 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 projects out for other companies and, and manage them. Like so, it's like picking their brain and seeing how they think when it comes to like real critical business and ideas. Like this stuff y'all been thinking about before. Right. Nobody never just. Tap in, say what's going on with you in the, in the business world. What what's your ideas are, and you, and you birth a lot of things, and it, and it's amazing just to see how young people minds work. And it's like, okay, you are gonna do something? I know you are. Oh, oh you gonna do something too? Yeah. I, it's all maybe coming. I'm like, okay, how can I help them more? How can I pour more into you? How more resources can I give to you? You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm gonna bring a federal government contracting attorney. I'm gonna bring some heavy hitters in that's killing the game in their own industry, so y'all can get inspired by these individuals. And I want y'all to learn from people's failures, not people's success, because that's where the real sauce gems is at. Learning from the people's failures. Y'all want to know how much money I generated? Y'all want to know, you know, how many contracts I've been securing and stuff like that for clients and for myself? That's irrelevant. You need to understand the trials and tribulations. Right in those in those barriers that I had to overcome to get to this point here, because that's that made me who I am, and that makes you who you are. Is be able to overcome those challenges. So you had to be a firm believer. Surely, with every difficulty comes ease. No doubt. Surely, with every difficulty comes ease. Surely, with every difficulty comes ease. Mm. You got to believe that. Yeah. Because that's that's life. We all going through challenges. We all going through these difficult things in our life. But guess what? We get through them. The challenges you probably had already, you got through them. Same thing for me. We we going through new ones. That's a fact. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so that's what life is all about is waking up and getting ready to overcome some challenges. Yeah. When I don't get no challenges or difficulties, I'm kind of worried. Like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? It's too good right now. Right, right, Give me right. something to tackle. Give me some fire to put out. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I'm just installing to them is having that, that mental fortitude of that you can do anything that you want to do that you apply yourself to doing it. Don't let nobody tell you nothing different. No doubt. Somebody's watching this video right now and they're saying government contracting sounds dope, but what I do, there's I, I can't do government contracting with it. Is, is, is that a possibility or is that false? It's false. So anything that you do, there's a way to work with the government in doing it. Legal. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> legal. <laughs> 
if it's legal. If it's legal. You got to think about it. The government, 98% of what the government purchased doesn't even hit these sites. It doesn't hit beta.sam or hit these government sites for procurement and they list these solicitations. 98%. 98% doesn't hit Doesn't. What you see so on these sites is less than 2%. Yes. <laughs> so clearly it has to be some more ways of doing business with the government outside of submitting the bid or proposal and hoping and praying that you win. Right. It has to be. Right. It has to be more than just submitting a bid proposal if 93% of government contracts go to companies that are actively marketing. That's crazy. If 93% of government contracts are going to companies that are actively marketing, it's more than submitting the bids. Right. It's more than submitting proposals. It's a whole ecosystem of business over here in this underground secret world that nobody <laughs> wants to, to to put any type of light on and give the real soft gym strategies hacks. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. To do a business with the world largest customer on a wash, rinse, repeat basis. Mm. Right? Now yeah. I said we don't win government contract, we secure land though. It's nothing to win. It's nothing, it's not a scratch off, this is not a lottery, right? This is not a raffle ticket. You know what I mean? We're doing business. So I teach you how to do business with the world's largest customer. Right. Yeah. You said wash, rinse, repeat basis. So go into that. What does that mean when you say that? Does that mean like like you'll be doing business with them forever? What, what, what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Doing business forever. So you talk about the process to that. Understanding the procurement process. Understanding the marketing process to doing business with the government, implementing those things. That's how you create the results. It's more than just submitting a bid or proposal. It's that part too, right? Strategically, that part. Then it's the relationships. It's the networking, right? If your customer is mandated to do 23% of their spending with small businesses, why are you not showing up? Why are you not showing your customer, I'm here, I'm Mr. or Mrs. Small Business, right? Right, right. So think of it from a city, county, local standpoint. Their, their, their initiative is to spend money with the small businesses that locally reside there. It's, it's, a, it's the stimulus of the economy. Pause. Let's go back to federal. Mm. They're there to spend 23% of their money with small businesses throughout the United States. We're stimulating our economy that way by spending money and doing business with small business throughout the United States. Why? Because as we are spending money with these small businesses and scaling them up and they generate revenue, they create job opportunities. So they create more employment, right? And so on a federal level, on a state, city, county level, their job is to stimulate the economy there with the small businesses that reside there. First, right? Your government agency's procurement department is to do business with the small business that reside there first. But they can't do that if they don't know you exist. Right. So that comes with the marketing side. Because mm. 93% of government contracts go to companies that are act- actively marketing. Where one are they of, marketing? One of your ways of marketing to the government mm-hmm. is using your capability statement. That's one way. But when we touch on marketing in the private sector, we think of Facebook ads, Instagram ads, billboards, commercials, banners, flyers. You know, the government's not looking at your website or not looking at your commercial saying, oh, you know what? Man, I like that commercial they did. We're going to do business with them. Let's call them up. That's not going to happen whatsoever at all. Yeah. Your capability statement is one of the ways of you marketing your goods, services to the customer. Right? Your capability statement. What is a capability statement? It's exactly what I just said. It's a statement of your capability. You're stating what you're capable of doing. If, if you never have done it before, that does not mean you're not capable of that. What I mean by that, here's an example. If Hamza today bought me a lawnmower, Bought me a weed whacker, bought me all supplies to cut grass, right? You can't tell me that I'm not capable of cutting grass because I got all the tools, labor, equipment to do such. So if I'm 
showing you on my capability statement I'm, how how I'm capable of this, my core competencies, right? My my strategic partnerships, and we have the equipment, right? And we have the in-house staff to be able to provide this service. You can't tell me what I can't do or what I can do, right? Because I'm showing you what I'm capable of, right? Right. Same thing. If I open up a burger shop and I got lettuce, tomatoes, the meat. The burger bun, you can't tell me I can't serve you a burger. I open up Ham's hamburger shop. <laughs> right? Good you can't tell me you can't buy a burger from me. So most people think it's past performance, past performance. No. That's a component to your capability statement, but you're stating what you're capable of doing and articulating in a way, in a way to where you get your point across to your customer. Understanding that your capability statement on that one page, that one page document, right? That bridges the gap between a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten figure government contract. That white piece of paper turns into green piece of paper. Mm. That capability statement, that's how powerful it is. So don't take that lightly. Because when the government don't know who you are, they know what you submit in. So be mindful that in your capability statement, you need to be able to identify all of your core values, your strengths, your differentiators, what differentiate you from the competition or from other companies. You have to be able to articulate that in such a great way Right to where your customer understands exactly what's going on. So what I like to call it is, is micro content for macro impact. That's what you got to have in your capability statement. It's micro content, I mean bullet points, as uh, direct key points of your services, your products that you offer, uh, what you do very well, your strategic partnerships. Right, all of that value into one, but it needs to be in micro content format, but it needs to be worded in a way for macro impact. Mm. right then that's how you create results on one marketing side and the other side of marketing is that even when you're submitting your bids and your proposals and stuff like that add your capability statement to each each one even if it's not mandated don't you want your customer to know more about who you are outside of just submitting a price or a quote no doubt here putting submitting your capability statement in with it too because it's marketing because whether if you secure that government contract or not, they still know the brand, know the company. That contracting officer know that it was submitted in Global Connect. Oh, there go Global Connects. Oh, you click Global Connects. <laughs> yeah. There's another one submitted by Global Connects. Whether we win, lose, or draw, you know who we are. <laughs> you know, that's all that matters. That's right, marketing. Right, 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 right. Right? McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, they sell billions and billions of dollars worth of burgers every year. They never stop marketing to you, though. <laughs> See, more people get going, you generate, start generating money. Oh, I don't need to do that no more. No, you never stop. They never stop. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. So that's one aspect into marketing to the government, your capability statement, and submitting in with every bid and proposal, and also tapping in with these contracting officers, procurement agent agencies, these network events that they put on, attend them because those are the decision makers that are there. Mm-hmm. What is a contracting officer? A contracting officer is, is someone that can author that's sworn in to authorize a government contract, modify a government contract, or execute a government contract on the behalf of the United States government. Clearly, that's who I need to be marketing my business to. That's the decision maker. The mm-hmm. one that is authorized to modify, authorized to execute, and authorized to terminate. <laughs> no doubt. That's the... That is the decision maker, and they are human beings just like you and I. And most of them look us look like us. Right. So why not reach out directly and market your company? And when we're marketing our company, we're not marketing our company with our certification. 
We don't lead your business. Don't lead your business in with your certification. What I mean by that? Hey, I'm a woman-owned business. I'm a minority-owned business. I'm going. I'm going. If I was a country officer, I'm like, okay, what? You own what? You own minorities. You own women. That's what's going on. I don't know if we can do business with you. Now we don't want to purchase you know, but it has to be legal. <laughs> Lead your business in with your actual service, your industry. Right. You know? Right. Hey, my name is Hamza Bree, CEO of Globe Connects. We are a janitorial cleaning company, and we offer janitorial supplies, equipment. Right? Oh, and also, we are minority-owned. Mm-hmm. Also, we are NBE certified. Like, that's the icing on the cake. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Give you more reasons why you should do business with me. Right. Well, one, I got a real business going on. This is this is the industry. This is the niche. This yeah. is the service. This is the products. I almost forgot to tell you about the certification. Because <laughs> right. it's not mandated for you to do business with me because certifications. In the FAR, it says, when you understand the FAR, you go FAR government contracting. No doubt. Right? 23% set aside for small business. Not small minority-owned business. Not small disadvantaged business. Not small veteran or small business. So... That's your first thing you should ask yourself is what is small business then? Small business, most uh, net co-industries, right? North American identification classification system. And most of those industries is less than 49 employees generate under $25 million a year. That's considered small business, mm. right? So your certification creates more opportunity for a set aside for you, right? But it does not guarantee you anything if you don't know how to use it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the marketing side as well, is that you are reaching out to these government agencies and you're letting them know who you are with your industry, with your niche, with your services that you offer, right? Then you seal the deal with your with your certifications as well. I love that, man. Okay. So we just kind of we kind of covered what you 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 do say, right? What are some things that you don't want to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just starting out. Mm. Competency. You hear that a lot in the government country, being competent, right? Being competent uh, is, you know, most people get a misunderstanding of that. Being competent is that you're being on your, sh- right? You're right. being on top of it. Right. And what I mean by that, if I come into your store, right? If I come into a clothing store and I walk in and I say, um, uh, uh, where's your size 34, 32 at? And then the, the sales rep is saying, well, I don't know. Uh, Somewhere around here, I don't know, look for it, you know what I'm saying? Well, okay. Whoa, what down? <laughs> now, you go into another scenario, you go into the store, you walk right in, you walk right in, and as you walk in, the salesman walks up to you and says, man, welcome, welcome to our establishment. Man, you look like a 34 or 32, man. Man, come right over me this way. That's competency. Right. Now you feel safe. You feel you feel confident that this person is going to take care of your needs and your desire, Right. right. Not with the other person going to be like, I can't do business with them. I don't want to purchase from them. They don't know nothing. They don't know where nothing at. And this is their stuff. Mm. So that's that's the key thing is the competency. And, and, and from that standpoint, you're talking that you know your craft. Not, I need help filling out this SF-1449 form. Or I need help filling out this proposal. Or what steps do I do? This is my first time. I only got one truck. We don't, we don't want to hear that. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? You have... Strategic partnerships nationwide to be able to execute any type of service that you are looking for. That's how you talk mm. to your customer. Mm. Not saying, you know, I might be able to get this cargo van. It depending on if y'all gonna give me the contract. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I done it. I ain't done it before, before, but 
I've done it before. <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. It's not going to work. You're not competent. You're scaring me away. Because as a customer, your government don't have time for all, let's figure out that you, we're trusting you as the expert. Right. We're trusting you as the competency company to be able to perform this at a high level and efficient yeah. and effectively. Right? Because when we award it to you, we don't want to unaward it. We got to go through too much to do that. We want you to execute. So that's why the evaluation is not the lowest price wins. It's who presents the best value, who has the lowest accepted price. See, your price can be so cheap that you scared us away. Mm. So it's not lowest price win. You know, if I got a $400,000 uh, Rolls Royce Phantom right now, brand new, got the title to it. And I say, Ramel, you know, I'm going to sell you this, this Rolls Royce Phantom, right? For 20000 Yeah. You're going to be like, huh? What? <laughs> That's right. Well, I get this lemons, boy. This man's selling lemons. He is not doing no business with the government. He's selling lemons. That's, right. That, that's that low price ran you away. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So most people think that your price got to be low, 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 low. No, no, no. Your your price can be so low, you you scare the customer away, and you don't secure that government contract. So you have to be able to present the best value to your customer. Mm. You got to be competent enough to understand what your customer want and be able to present the the best value to them. Mm. What I mean by best value, I may have, you know, for example, you know, um, an iPhone. I want to have an iPhone to sell to the government. They want to purchase, you know, 10 iPhones or whatever, something like this type of thing speaking. All right. So you got one competitor to say, you know, we'll sell you the iPhones at $1,000 and we'll uh, deliver it to you in 30 days. And then you have a company like me say, well, we'll sell you these iPhones for $1,250 a pop. Well, you're going to get the iPhones within 10 days and you're going to get a warranty. See, that's value. Who presented the best value? Yeah, it was cheaper, but we got to wait 30 days, right? But we can get it quicker by paying a little bit more, and we get warranty. Right. They, and they done past before. Their past performance is good. Right. So let's do business with Global Connects instead of the other company. That's what they how they do their evaluation. Each government contract, it breaks down the evaluation on how they're going to make the award. Mm. So pay attention to the evaluation and meet that criteria. Gotcha. It's not hard to secure a government contract. It's not. When you're doing business with someone that got to spend money. Is there any transparency into other contracts that have been awarded so that you can use that to leverage, to yes. find out how you should be pricing, how you should be adding value? Where can people find that kind of information? Oh, that works. That works. It's good data, but I'm not, me personally, I don't want to use an old price, right, to compete against a new project because that was maybe last year. All right. Yesterday's price is not today's price. There you go. Right? Inflation happens all the time. Yeah. yeah I can use that for data, knowing what was the previous award uh, awarded to them. But I'm not trying to beat their price just to secure a government contract. I just want to get an idea of what they were or what they were charging. But every operation, every business is different. Their business may be operating different to where they can charge this rate because they have less overhead. When you talk about businesses that have maybe a 20, 30,000 square foot facility, their overhead, lights, employees, payroll, stuff like that, it's going to affect their pricing when they're going for a certain contract compared to a company that may not have all those overheads. They just have strategic partnerships and they're able to, to submit in a more competitive or, or show a better value to, the, to their customer because they have less overhead. So it's all about the individual's business, how they operate. It's not, I don't really go off of past pricing because mm. that has nothing to do with my price. Do you have to explain all that? Do you have to show the government like uh, 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 in, uh, insight, like insight into your operation, or is that just none of their business? No. Okay. No, it, 
it, it's a case by case scenario, but the vetting process is done once you have your cage code. Right after that, there's no more. Uh, with Hamza, before you sell us, you know, these thousand cases of tissue, we need to come see your warehouse. We ain't got one. You know, I don't keep any products on hand. I work off of my contracts, and I and I have these partnerships that I have with distributors and manufacturers, and I'm an authorized reseller for these major brands. So once I get an order or if I get a contract, then I'm pretty much fulfilling it through by sending it to my supplier, distributor, manufacturer, whoever it may be, and then they handling everything for my end user. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm leveraging paperwork, turning a white piece of paper into a green piece of paper. What's the sweetheart deal for you, man? What's what's the sweetheart contracts that you see that you love to see? The ones that I ain't got to bid on. No big contracts. Mm, can you explain what that okay, is? Okay, under the simplified acquisition procedure, that's FAR Part 13, which speaks on all simplified acquisition procedure. It allows a government contracting officer agency to give you a no bid contract on the federal level up to $750,000. Domestically, $1.5 million internationally if your company is competent, has the has the capacity and past performance and report to be able to execute that contract, right? Whether it's service or product. So what I'm saying by simplified God, acquisition procedure. Fast as hell, dude. <laughs> what the hell did he just now say? I'm like, what? <laughs> What? Because yeah, I caught it all, but he, he said, "I'm like, first time, come back." He said, "Under the federal." <laughs> and what I'm saying is, I'm still, I'm still under the federal. So I'm stuck at federal. Can you start that one more time and go from federal? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. The simplified acquisition procedure, simplified acquisition procedure, simplified buying procedure, simplifying purchasing procedure. I'm saying it in different ways so you have to understand why this was created. The simplifying acquisition procedure, simplified acquisition procedure. It allows a government contracting officer or agency to sole source, no big contract, up to $750,000 domestically. $1.5 million internationally, if your company is competent, has the capacity, has past performance and rapport to be able to execute that contract, whether it is service or product. So on the on the contracting officer side, it's the simple buying process for them. Understand as a contracting officer, I'm doing all this paperwork. I have to, you know, do uh put the solicitation together, put it out for a competitive uh, pricing to be submitted back in, doing the evaluation. Right, then do contract execution, contract compliance, and all. It's a lot of work. I can just simplify all that if I know Romeo is competent, he has past performance and rapport, and this project that I need to get done is under seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know what? I'm just gonna reach out to Demel, Patrol Romeo. I'm just gonna call Romeo over the phone. Yo, this is what I need to get done. Here's 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 some information. Here's some scope of work, and you submit it in your your pricing in your offer. You're doing business. You're not bidding. That's on a federal level. State is $150,000. City and county is twenty-five dollars I wrote a nine-page ebook to how to get no big contracts in your own city. This nine-page ebook is created uh, uh, people to secure six-figure government contracts without bidding. Right? Yeah. So on a, on a city county level, it's twenty-five dollars but it varies. So when it varies, you don't mind me sharing the, the method to getting Man, no please, big contracts? Please share. Please share. Please share. Okay. Let's get it. Okay. Let's get it, Sensei. Let's get it, Sensei. So the the threshold is 25K in your cities and your county, right? But it varies. 
So once I understood that it varied, when I made that very every county city operate different. So let me find out what is the threshold. That was my opening, my opening up the closing opportunity. I reach out to a procurement office agency and say, what is the threshold for something to be met for it to go out as public notice? What is the threshold that has to be met for something to go out as public notice? What is the threshold that has to be met for something to go out as public notice? All right. They're going to respond back with the state statute, county statute, or whatever city statute pertaining to uh, that threshold that reflects the FAR. See, the federal law supersedes everything, then it trickles down. And every municipality have their own way of interpreting the federal law, but they're working off those bases. Mm -hmm. So they're going to say off these state statutes or whatever, well, Mr. Sabri, anything over $50,000, we got to put out as public notice. So guess what? They automatically tell me that anything under $50,000, they don't. They can what? Just do business. Right. So my closing to that is, well, anything that's under this threshold that falls into my core competencies, please see capability statement that's attached. Allow my company to give you a competitive price first because we are here to serve you. Mm. Man, listen, it work like charm every time. <laughs> every time. Every time. Because once I'm telling you that, okay, we understand the threshold, right? Now, here are my services and products that I offer. So anything that comes under that threshold that falls into what I can do very well, look at my capability statement too because it's attached. Right. Allow my company to give you a competitive price first because we are here to serve you. Right. That's what we were supposed to be doing that small business serving government agencies because they have to purchase from us. Right. It makes sense. It makes sense. This is a wash, rinse, repeat in any city, county, state across this map. That's how you build a report. That's how you wake up with purchase orders in your email. That's how my students, my clients, they are getting no big contracts. Mm. All right? That On a federal, state, and local level. Wow. That's what it's about. Wow. Knowing how to do business, not bid. See, it's a it's an algorithm in form of all of these things from marketing, bidding, sentiment proposals, and working your move to get business. Right? We can't stay in business off of just submitting something and, and, and hoping that it stick. We can't stay in business off of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I had to identify, okay, how can I create consistent business with the government? And my my niche was let me sell products to them that they have to purchase. All the time. It's non-reusable. Can't reuse tissue. Can't reuse ink pants. Can't reuse ink and toner. You gotta re you gotta re-up. <laughs> Shout with your boy. <laughs> that was my niche, be able to sell products that were non-reusable, gloves, masks, right? Hand sanitizer. So we know every quarter, every 60 days, I'm getting purchase orders for those particular products all over again. And that's how we're staying in business. That's how we're keeping cash flow and generating revenue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And these are all the things under that $50,000 threshold that has to be, was it public? That's not public notice? Yeah. Okay. So that, that varies though. So yeah. the 50000 can be Could just be for, for that one city. particular city. So I stayed on a certain threshold and I just killed it in value. You ever mm. get purchased with $500, $1,000, $1,500, $2,500, 3500 $800, But we get about 30 of those in a week. That's value. Right. And we're killing them on the margins. Right, right, right. Respectfully. Give, give me <laughs> no doubt. Give me some uh some use cases of your students, man, because I, I know I see them all the time. <laughs> like people who have actually taken this 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 methodology and applied it. Like just give me give me a story. Uh, um Austin Hill, 19-year-old out of Detroit, from his mom basement, getting no big contracts, securing government contracts with the state of Detroit and just recently got a no big contract out of Houston, Texas for, for gloves. He said, man, I, I, 
man, I'm humble, bro. Like, I didn't know I could actually do this. I'm in school, too. But I'm like, when I graduate, I'm about to go hard. I'm doing this all for mom's basement. Right. We went live, too. And he was so humble. and just like, yo. He said, I listened to 400 Acres in a Maserati. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. And he literally followed the steps. He just went to and the local. And followed my lives and local, my Instagram. Right. It went to the local offices and just did exactly what you just now said. And it was that easy. It's not easy. It's a process. When you, when you when you start doing things and repetition, it becomes easy. Mm. So you know how I just go off the top of my brain, fall calls and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it, it sounds easy, but that's from years of studying and learning. Right. That's from years of, of failures. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's what that is. So yeah, it becomes that way when you start actually doing the small steps towards the big goal every day. No doubt. Then it's just like clockwork. Then it's clockwork. Yes, sir. All right. So my man Kwaku right here, right? He's behind the cameras. He wants to get in the government contracting, man. Right. He, he he's a videographer. Um, you know, what other what other talents do you have, man? What do you, what do, you uh, do with K Bell Media? <laughs> uh editing. Editing. Videography, yeah, video services, Vide- photography, still photography. How can how can he get in the game, man? If you were if you were to have a con- a consult with him, mm-hmm. what would be the first thing you tell him? Um, gotta get you registered. That's it. You gotta have articles organization, your EIN number, your Dun and Bradstreet number, business bank account. Those are the four essential things you need to get into SAM registration. Right, it takes about twenty minutes to fill out everything. Ten days later, you will get your email saying congratulations, you're now a federal government contractor. Got your cage code. Now it's time to go. Create your capability statement, right? And now we just market to government agencies, let them know because what we're doing right now, this whole setup right now, government agencies pay top dollar for different events and conventions to be filmed. They pay top dollar for equipment, right? For for studio equipment, for for uh, recording equipment, major dollars all the time. You know, so it's like, what angle do you want to do from from the service side or provide the product side or the equipment side or do both? Right. And once we identify that, then we find out our target market. What agencies spend the most money on this on these cameras or these productions and stuff like that? Who's spending the most money on these certain type of services? So that's who we penetrate. Mm. Right. I'm not going in blind. I know exactly where my customer at, what they're about, what they do. I, I learned my customers so I can serve them. That's why I secured the contract and you didn't. Right. Because I'm focusing on my customer and I'm focusing on competition, trying to beat y'all. I'm focusing on trying to serve my customer. Yeah. But how, right? does, he, how does he find that, though? How does I, he find those people looking for his services? Right. So I use USAspending.gov, which is a site, okay. to identify and find out certain searches. But also, I got my in-house data analytic team. So they, I just tell them, this is what I want. And they put the algorithm together to abstract all that information. Okay. So most people use these government sites and stuff. I use my own in-house data analytic team. Okay. So I can pinpoint exactly, you know, what local government or what public schools are spending the most money on uh, janitorial supplies or hand sanitizer. And then I want to go directly to the school. Okay. So he's going to come. He's going to, what's what's your team? What do you call your team? Global Connects. Oh, procurement team. Procurement team. All right. So so he's going to go to the Global Connects procurement team. And you're gonna start. How do you how do you get that data? Like where so, do you guys find that? So data? I don't even know data analytics. But, you know, <laughs> I let I let everybody do their skills. So we create you a profile. We want to know your business. We don't know your net codes. We want to know your industry. We want to know your your strengths. We want to know your services. We want to know your product. We want to know all those things about your business. Create the profile, right? And then we I just pass it off. Honestly, I know anything about data analytics. Yeah. I just know how to assemble the right team to right. get stuff done. Right. But that's their that's their specialty. You know how to 
break down those numbers, how to put all of those uh, information into to one pot or aggregate all the information and put it into one pot. It's a form of how they do it. I actually don't know how it's got done. You. All but right. I know that's what they do. So we get the analytics mm-hmm. and now they're going to say, okay, these, these are the, the, the government agencies or whatever that's spending in videography. And then he's going to put together that capability statement. He's going to say he's been a videographer for so long. He can do this. He has a network of this. And got you these strategic partnerships. That's one one. That's how you're. That's how a solopreneur builds a solid foundation, right? When they're able to just bring in the other companies and do a strategic partnership, so they can go after these certain type of jobs, mm. right? That's 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 working smart, not hard. Now you're outsourcing subcontracting out, so you need to have project management and administrative management skills, so everything can run smoothly because you're still responsible as um, the prime contractor to the customer to to execute. Flawlessly. So knowing how to manage and knowing how to outsource and subcontract plays a big role to to scaling your business and getting more business. What's the most important keys to that, to to the outsourcing part? What do you what do you teach your students and, and people who work with you? Like what do you need to make sure you have buttoned down when you're when you're outsourcing the work? Uh T's cross eyes down and operate off of honesty, integrity, and smart work. Honesty, integrity, and smart work. Be transparent, be clear, right? Let the expectation level that's there, right? Um, have integrity. You know, integrity meaning that you're still gonna do what you say you're gonna do in writing when no one's looking. All right. And we want to execute it all with smart work, not hard work. That's where teamwork comes into play. You know, shout out to DeMarco Thomas because that's one of my mentors. You know, Metro Max Solution, the whole Metro Max team, shout out to everybody because definitely shout out to them. Look, DeMarco told me something. That was just some major that changed my life. He said, Hamza, focus on your strengths and outsource the rest. And it's been a blessing ever since then. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> At one point, you're trying to do it all yourself, right? At one point, I was doing it all myself. <laughs> Not trying, I was. Right. You know, he said, bro, focus on your strengths and outsource the rest. I said, where you been all my life? <laughs> I ain't heard nothing. He's talking to Jesse the whole time. This is so prolific. And it was like, you know, yes, sir, I'm on it. Let's go. Right, 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 right. Very simple. Yeah. I mean, but like you said, life, life changing. Yeah. So what, what other questions would you have if, if you were in your business, man, and, and him was consulting you? If, if what, what would you, what other questions would you have about that? About, um, really, he kind of, he kind of answered a lot of questions with, um, Okay, as far as, all right, so if I'm outsourcing, let's say because if I'm creating a full production, I want to outsource, you know, on the services side. So I want to outsource, you know, um, certain equipment, certain uh, staff, you know, crew members. Working that, I guess, into the into the pricing for the, for the government contract that I'm bidding on mm-hmm. and kind of determining that. Like, um, I guess the question is, is how to come up with the pricing. Yeah, yeah. That's why I get a lot. How do I come up with the price for that? And I'm like, you know, this is your industry. This is what you do. It shouldn't be hard for you to come up with a price when your customer asking you for your services or what you know how to do. So it's not, okay, how do I come up with a price? Because if I say, you know, I need 10-hour video shot right now of content, you're going to tell me exactly how much you're going to charge per hour. It's no different than the government saying the same thing. What rate are you going to charge them? 
So understand, meaning when it comes to your pricing, you got to understand your market. You got to understand your industry. You got to understand what's the going rates for. Because it may be a different hour rate here where we at right now in Tennessee than it may be in New York. New York ain't probably going to charge you $10 an hour. No, probably $10,000 an hour in New York. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to understand your demographics or where your customer is at that's asking for this work or asking for this service. Find out what is the industry going rate in that area so you can know what's going on for us price-wise because your price can be different from where you're operating at compared to where the work has to be done. So understanding, like I said, the scope of work, understanding the specifications of work, understanding what your customer want needs are, right? So you can be able to apply the right pricing, not just any price, but the right price that affects that actual contract, not something that has something to do with other uh, business or other overhead expenses. You know, man, we took that loss last contract or last service we did for that company. We took a loss about two grand. So let's put that little two grand on top of this one for the government. And it had nothing to do with the actual contract. So you bidding yourself out yeah. because you try to factor in stuff that has nothing to do with the actual contract. See, that, that's where mistakes happen because you're not focusing on what your customer wants in paper. You're factoring in all this other stuff that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Make the price go up high or go low. Yeah. You know, that makes sense? Yeah. I, I think people, when it I, I, because you're dealing with a customer, you don't understand, right? If, right. if, if I'm selling you a video service, I know you're not going to pay me no more than I mean, not gonna, I'm not you're not going to pay no more than let's say hundred dollars an hour, right? Because nobody's paying no more than that. But then when you think about the government, you're like, damn, I could probably mark that up a little bit. It's the right. government, but you don't want to go too high. Right. Because you don't want to go crazy, and then you don't want to be at the same $100 an hour because you're like, yeah, that's, that's too low. And that's where the market research study comes from, looking at past contract that was awarded or past services that was done to get an idea of what they would charge. Just get an idea. Maybe that you're not going to beat that or you're going to meet that, but you get some type of uh, consensus report. The more He who has the most information wins the negotiation. So you want to get informed as much as possible so you can know how to secure the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. What's the biggest contract you've ever you've ever secured? Um, I never secured a seven-figure contract. I never secured a million-dollar contract. I killed it in volume. So it was always low threshold. Low threshold. It's always now for my client, that's different. You know, because <laughs> I've seen some of your clients so, so, some pretty so, big numbers. So my clients is different, but my thing is that, you know. It was the low-hanging fruit, the micro-purchase thresholds, the P-card purchases, the, the contracts and the no-bid contract opportunity that was under certain threshold, and I just killed it in value. That was my lane, my niche. So, no, I never secured an actual million-dollar contract, but I generated millions, yeah. you know what I'm saying, Yeah. through these low uh, these low threshold purchases. Right. That was my lane, my niche. So, like I said, someone asked me, said, man, I told him, I'm like, yo, my biggest flex is I'm just getting started. Yeah, I killed it in his lanes. Now I'm, I'm ready to elevate now. I'm ready to elevate, and I want to go after these bigger contracts, but in this t- certain type of way. So now it's time to do that. But my contracts that I always got was always under a certain threshold, and it was just plethora. Of, it was just right. plethora. volume. You get value. How, how do you, because I mean, like you said, you're working with volume. So how do you systematize that? If somebody else wanted to follow your lead mm-hmm. and do things the way you do, because, you know, a lot of people chase the big the, the big one, like, oh, I wanted the right. $5 million, yeah, the $10 million contract. And that's cool. I got the crumbs, and I got so much crumbs, I made a pie out of the crumbs. Right, right, right. <laughs> so how, how, do, how do you systematize that? What's your, what's, your, what's your framework around getting, you know, all these crumbs and building up into a into Relationships. A Relationships, reaching out the same way to these different county, uh, local uh, government agencies, public school agencies, uh, just across this map and marketing out my services and my goods to them and let them know that I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve and grow and make the best out of my 24 and they need to do business with me. 
That's the main thing to it is to market yourself because 93% of government contracts go to companies that are actually marketing. So I'm always in their face every day, following up the next week. Oh, I'm a, I'm not harassing. I'm I'm following up with someone that has to do business with me essentially. Yeah. Right? So it's an everyday process. I'm sending out at least 10, 20 emails a day where my team is to different government agencies, let them know who we are. It's over 9,000 different types of federal government agencies. Mm. We ain't even talking about state, city, county yet. 9,000? Plus. Plus. Federal government agencies. Yeah. God damn. You could do this shit all day, bro. Yeah. And still won't penetrate nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> still ain't the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's just fair. We can talk about state, city, county. It's so many across this whole map. You got state of Georgia. Then you got how many cities in Georgia. Then how many counties are in Georgia. Yeah. Those, those are all government agencies. Yeah. So it's like endless of opportunities. Endless of opportunities. So... My main thing is just focusing on my lane and my niche and just and just go at that. There's so many ways to skin a cat in government contract. I figure out a way for myself. Right. I want to sell products that are non-reusable. I want to sell products that's under a certain threshold, right? I want to sell I want to sell in products that where they can just do business with me repeatedly. So I create a lane and niche for it. Some people say, well, you know what? I want to secure, go after this big contract because the same energy that I'm putting in for these smaller contracts is the same type of energy you're putting in for the bigger contracts. This is what's your preference. Right. That's all it means. But for my clients, no, my clients are already generate seven, eight figures in the private sector. So it's easy for me to go after these bigger contracts because they have the actual tools, resources, equipment, everything to, to execute. Right. You know, that's on that side, securing these government contracts and getting paid a percentage of the contract value. That's how my thing goal was how can I make consistent cash flow? And my consistent cash flow came me offering procurement services. Right, Ramel? I was securing government contracts for businesses before I even Security government contract for myself. Mm, right. So I came in it from the procurement game. Right? Secure right. government contract for you. You pay me a percentage of the contract value. Now I'm eating monthly of a con- of work I did a year ago. Right? From 400 acres in Maserati, I'm still eating off work that I did from that episode <laughs> to this day. And <laughs> no I don't doubt. do anything. I just submitted an invoice. No doubt. And it's payroll. No doubt. Let's go. No doubt. <laughs> how, how has the pandemic impacted government contracting? Positive, positively or negatively? Oh, positively. Okay. Man, during the pandemic, the government spent over... Man, listen. It was so much emphasis and media on SBA loan, PPP loan, EDIL, TTIL, FYL, whatever the macronyms are. <laughs> for the money. It was letting you know. It was letting you know what it was. Right. right. Not one time did they talk about how much money they were spending and doing business with small businesses. They spent over $4.7 trillion during the pandemic. $4.7 trillion? Yes. God with damn. small businesses. God damn. During the pandemic. And what's what's so, normal? What's, what, like, put, like, what is the normal spend? Like, that's a year. That's annually. But no, I'm saying that they did $4.7 trillion in, in a year. In the past eight months. In the past eight months. But normally what they spend? Like, how much was that? Like, do you know what the normal That's what was? they're spending, like, in the fiscal year, in, yeah. the, in the whole year, they did that in eight months, just with small businesses. So Damn. that was additional. It was additional. Okay. On to the other trillions of dollars that was already being spent right here. Okay, 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 okay. This is because of the pandemic. Oh, because of the pandemic. Almost five trillion, yes. Still, and still counting. Do you know Do you know what services took up most of that, most of that um, spend? Um, uh, PPE. Um, janitorial clean, cleaning and turned into a COVID-19 sanitation. That It birthed that type of contract. You know, uh, COVID-19 sanitation cleaning. Um, you had uh, uh, hand sanitizer. You have, you know, all your janitorial supplies, medical supplies, 
all those type of things. They spend a lot of money on uh, transportation, logistics. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, it's just wide open. Right. I was fortunate enough. Listen, smart. 60 days before COVID hit, I signed up with Georgia for the critical uh, supply list to be have my business on there. So if something critical happens, then here's a list of companies that y'all can just do business with. This is before the pandemic. Before the pandemic. I did that. What made you do that? Uh, you know, find all ways, try to, you know, right, go, right, you know, right, right, right. Opportunity. Just made sense. It's an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Real quick. <laughs> okay. Right. Pandemic hit. A few weeks later, check my email. Grady, the Cap County uh, Medical, Upson Medical, uh, Piedmont Hospital, all these. Uh, uh, healthcare clinics and hospitals was reaching out to me directly saying, we need this, we need that. How fast can you deliver? We got your information off the Georgia Critical Supply List. Mm-hmm. And how fast can you uh, supply us with these many gowns, these many masks, this many hand sanitizer? I was turning down business because I couldn't execute, fulfill. Now, we did get our fair share now. We turned down all of it. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're smart now. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, got, we got what we can do. Right. We got our fair share. We're going to say that. Right. right? Right. But that came from just simply putting my company information on this. Cri- I didn't know something, something critical was going to happen. Right. But something did, and then they just do business now. Mm. Now I got POs coming in, purchase orders coming in. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, man. As bad as how the pandemic and this whole COVID thing affected people, health and people losing, you know, losing loved ones and stuff like that. Man, I ran up a bag during this global pandemic. Pandemic turned to a bandemic. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. A plandemic. Like seriously, humbly grateful, grand gratitude that. I understood that the government spends more during a pandemic, recession, or a war. They spend even more money. It's recession-proof. Yeah. Doing business with the world's largest customer is recession-proof because they're never going to stop spending money. Have to operate off of these government buildings and employees. They got to have these things, and they're purchasing it from us. Right. They're right. purchasing it from other businesses, other entities. So it's not going anywhere, and it's mandated by federal law. Wow. Where, where do you find lists like that? Like the, what do you call it? The cl- global control? What was it? The one you just uh, asked? Critical supply list. Yeah, like where did you find that? You know, uh, just Google. Just Google. So I'm, 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 I'm going to assume that each state has their own type of thing like that. Okay. It was just Georgia's thing. It was okay. Georgia's critical supply list. Okay. That I, that I but but there's on. not a place where you can find like all the different associations or lists that you can be on, uh, anything like that. Is that just something you just run into it through your journey? And you got to run through your journey. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about that until... Me just searching online. Right. Say, well, let me sign up for this. Is there any other ones out there like that that people should be aware of that they can sign up I for? I would assume that it was in, it's in every state. So I'll just Google, you know, Tennessee critical supply list and see what comes up. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. But are there any other lists like that? Maybe not critical supply, but just a different oh, type, type, got, types of lists. Yeah, you got FEMA. FEMA has a FEMA uh, Federal Emergency Federal Emergency Management Agency. They have their uh, disaster relief list okay teams of so any type of catastrophe happens or disaster like right now in louisiana yeah um they have a list of companies that they reach out to directly mm. now, i got a buddy that's doing like forty five hundred dollars a week with his sprinter van just hauling back and forth canned goods like 30 miles a day 
Wow. Yeah, with FEMA. Yeah. As a result of being on that list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I mean, it's it's just so much endless. Out. Yeah. It's so much out here. It's it's like an endless world. It's a government contract for everything. It's for a government contract out there for almost everything. So I want to go over these fun facts and data. Yeah, yeah. All right? we love that. Ninety three percent of government contracts go to companies that are actively marketing. All right. Ninety three percent of government contracts are go to companies that are actively marketing. Seventy six percent of government contracts have five or less competitors. Seventy six percent of government contract awards have five or less competitors. So when people ask about how competitive it is, I'm telling you all right now what statistics saying. Seventy six percent have five or less. I see with my own. I see the same companies. You know, two That's or three crazy, companies man. going after. Yes, that is crazy. And you might hear some crazy. You might hear some crazier. Thirty six percent of government contract awards only had one response. Thirty six percent had almost. Oh, so we talking almost four out of ten government contract awards go to companies that was just one company ever submitted in. Wow. I secured government contract not because I was the lowest price, it because I was the only price. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yo, that, that is crazy. <laughs> yes. Man. Yes. Thirty six. Hold on. Thirty six percent had less than that one response. Yes. Okay. So then the next question is, where is that money going? If nobody responds. And let's say it's not nobody responds. What happens? Put it back out. They put it back out. They're just waiting for or somebody they, or, to come Or they're just going to contact a qualified company and just reach out to them directly and do business with them. Right. Everything the government is spending money on, they don't have to put it out as a bid. I don't have to put it out as solicitation for you to put a bid on it. Right. I need these gloves. I need these masks. I need these hand sanitizers. It's an emergency. We're in a global pandemic. They got time to put it out for bid and then wait for y'all to give me a price. Now I'm doing evaluation and all that. I'm going to call the competent company. Yeah. We need 1,000 of this. We need 10,000 of that. We need 100 cases of this. That's what I mean by doing business. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, so everything that the government spends their money on does not have to go out as public knows. Like I said before, 98% of what the government spends don't even hit the site. Mm. So it must be some other ways. <laughs> you should be scratching your head. Like, okay, well, 98%. Don't hit the site. Y'all think the whole seven trillion dollars going to go on to Baby.Sam website? Right. <laughs> or these government agencies' website and everybody's bidding, bidding, bidding? No. Right. No. Right. It's because it has surpassed a certain threshold, dollar amount, or net cold standard is why it's out there as a public notice for companies to submit in pricing mm. or proposals. Got you. What, do you. what would you say is the number one thing that people do wrong when it comes to uh, attempting to procure gov- government contracts? If, uh, if you had to choose one thing, they don't submit it. They just don't submit. They don't it. press the submit button. They don't <laughs> send it in. No, don't get started. That's 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 the biggest thing you say. We're talking money all the time. I talked to I'm blue in the face right now about government contracting, but it won't be nothing until you actually put the implementation in to get the compensation. All right, got the education. Now I just need to apply this. You won't know until you just do it. You know, most of us get the anxiety of, you know, government. We're doing business with government, a lot of red tape and all that. It's just a customer, as I like to say all the time. The world's largest customer. Right. Purchaser. Not government. I'm doing business with government. No, it's a customer. That's it. Right. When you operate it, it leaves less anxiety. Now, you are the lead person. They trusting you, your expertise. They just a customer. They think they know what they think they want, but you probably say, <laughs> no, no, no. This is how we do it. This is how it's done. Right. 
if you know your craft, you know, if you know your know your niche. Yeah, yeah. Damn, man, that's 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 crazy. You got any other government contracting questions for this man, man? Because I mean, there was one that you kind of everything that I, I think is like you answered the next couple of minutes, but um, when you were saying about having too many opportunities and having to um, having to turn down opportunities, I guess I guess it's kind of two part. Um, yeah, how do you how do you kind of is there a threshold or how do you how do you go at them so that you know that you're not doing so that you don't end up having to, you know, decline a lot of offers or having too many or having more offers than you can execute. And then I guess, how do you go about declining offers so that you don't kind of, uh, Rub them the wrong way. Yeah. So, so when, so when they reach out like that, it's different when I submitted a proposal, a quote, and I got a water contract and then I say, you know what, I'm backing out. Now that's a no, no, you know, you execute. But when you're talking about on these certain type of lists or under certain type of no big contract, you know, rules and regulations and stuff like that. I don't have to do the business just because you want to do business with me. Right. So when they email and say, hey, here's a purchase order for this or here's here's the supplies that we want, I'm going to let you know, I, yeah, I can supply this, I can't do that. Respect me because I turn it down because we can't execute then and say we're going to take it on and then we fall, we, we, we fumble the ball. Yeah. That looks bad. Yeah. When you say, okay, we could do it and then you lose it. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> I would say, no, we can't do that. Simple. Right. right. They don't, you don't get whipped or or bad. Like no, 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 no. <laughs> they whipped. You know, no. You can't do it. Oh, we about to put you over this lap. No, right, no, right, it don't right. work like that. Just move on. Yeah, just, just move on. And just so I respectfully turn stuff down that I this couldn't do because I didn't have the capacity. Yeah. And I rather honesty, integrity, and smart work. That's how you stay in business. That's, that's how you keep business. Right that's how you never go out of business. So I'm not afraid to say I don't know. I'm not afraid to say we can't do it. Yeah. 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 No doubt. You 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 said when we first got started, you you always talk about small steps towards the big goal, right? What what is what is Hamza Sabri's big goal, man? Uh, my big goal is to um, have spread awareness to government contracting through this whole world globally. So when you hear government contracting, and you hear anything doing about business with the government, you're gonna see Global Connects, mm. and, and that's the impact side. You know, it's not it has nothing to do really the revenue or anything like that. It's more of like the impact and the empowerment that we could pour into other businesses across this map because that's what it's about. I want to be able to use what I know, uh, what I've experienced, what I went through into this uh, industry that's untapped, not spoken on highly uh, in the media, uh, doesn't give a, a real actual blueprint or, or method of to securing government contracts. And I'm taking it to be the voice and to be able to just spread it. Uh, in my own unique way to where that everyone hears the opportunity, understands the opportunity, and know how to take advantage of the opportunity. That's the ultimate goal. When I see that, that's something that I probably won't won't live to see. Yeah. I, that's that's how big the goal is. It's bigger than me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's every day I'm working on that. I'm, I'm working in that purpose. Yeah. All right? Spreading the... And, and I'm appreciative to you, the platform, to help me get there. No doubt. No doubt. You know... It's gonna hit hit thousands of hundreds of thousands of people, and it's gonna inspire somebody. Is gonna somebody's gonna be a millionaire off this episode. No doubt, no doubt, for sure. How realistic is that movie War Dogs, man? It was real. Like, is it is everything in it one hundred percent real, or did they use some like creative uh, license to kind of like? Um, I say about seventy percent of it is real. So these guys came from nothing, and they and they're selling ammunition. Oh, that's one hundred percent real part. Yeah, from <laughs> from nothing to something. Yeah. So what what parts would you say? Zero to hero. <laughs> yeah. What, what part would you say was fabricated? Uh, uh, when it was out there, um, you know, going through the uh, death triangle, 
You know that part where he was out there smuggling, going through the death triangle? Yeah. I think that was a little bit That was for fa- theatrics? Yeah, they were a little bit more theatrics. So literally, these guys, if, if nobody knows what war, the movie, war, you ever seen War Dogs, Quay? <laughs> these guys literally came like off the streets. like Yeah, the, the high school or college dropouts co- or whatever. Right. And, and, it, and, and this is a, once you got your cage code and you have the resource, they had the resources to supply. It's like, let's submit bids. Let's submit bids. They, they algorithm was just throwing a lot of stuff at the wall, see what's going to stick. Right. And they, what they show? They like stuck a on 300 million, mil. 300 million yeah. Big one. dollar contract for yeah. ammunition. Yeah. And the funniest part about that joint is when they was like, your, your price came in pretty low. That's why you got the contract. <laughs> they was like, exactly how low? Yeah. About 25 million. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, my man was <laughs> sick. He, he was, was like, fuck. <laughs> and I'm sure that happens a lot in the game, too. Yeah. You know, people Leave take money the, on the their, table. their yeah. bumps and their bruises. See, I never learn. count about the money that I left on the table. It's like, I, I this is what... See, when you talk about your pricing, you, you aggregate all your overhead, your expenses, and your profit margins. It's about what you want to make and be happy. So I got what I wanted, and I'm not worried about anything else that I could have got this, could have no, not... Right. Get too much stress. Too much stress. You don't stress me street now. Because you, 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 there's always another number, right? right? You could always do a little bit more. Who knows? Right. You just be happy with what you get. What would right. you say is a good number if you if you had to say a good margin to make off of a contract and deal would be? That's a, and I know people probably a, ask you that all the time. That's a case by case scenario. Okay. And I never answered the question because <laughs> it's like, okay, if I say, well, well 10%, 10% of what? Because 10% of a $10 million contract is different than 10% of a $100,000 contract. Right. Right. Then what is the actual niche? What is the actual industry? So it's a case-by-case scenario. Right. And people say, well, what's that? You just put 20% on top? No. You better know your market, know your understanding, know your niche so you can get rich. Right. Or it's going to be a problem. Yeah. So the focus is on understanding, when you're talking about pricing, understanding, most people say they call it percentage, but how you get to, you, you're equating everything into percentage format. Not adding percentages on as right. It's not as a markup. So yeah. So you know, if I'm doing this service for a hundred thousand dollars and we made twenty thousand dollars on it, they equate to a twenty percent return. Right. Not just okay. It's twenty percent. Throw it on top. Yeah. It's always going to be different every contract. So it's not no set rate unless I'm just selling something simple or I'm selling just one thing. If I'm just selling water bottles, then I know what the return is going to always be. Right. right. I always want to know it's ten percent or it's fifteen percent because I'm just selling that product. But if I'm doing this product or selling this service or offering this service based off what the government wants, it's going to be different every time. Your margins are going to be different every time. Yeah, yeah, I made one hundred percent. Yeah, I made two hundred percent. May I made fifty percent. May I made ten percent. I made twenty percent. It ranges. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so just do the research, man. No do shortcuts. Do, no shortcuts. Just just do the research. Do the research and figure it out and get that get that right number. Get the right number, man. Listen, bro, um, is there anything that I didn't ask again? Because, I mean, I, I know you be having so much in your brain. I don't want I don't, I don't want to. I have you here. So I want to make sure if there's anything you need to get out, you get it out. You know what I'm Man. saying? Because you have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have the floor. When you here, you have the floor. You know, I'm, rolling, we, I'm working on some great things right now, man. Shout out to DeMarco Thomas, Metro Max Solutions, Shout the to whole family over there. Yeah. Uh, definitely inspired me, uh, helped me, mentored me, helped me scale my business. Um, we just took Global Connects to India, mm. you know, uh, because of DeMarco. Dope. You know, um, we're doing some great things right now. We're building out something that's going to be dope, and it's going to affect the government contracting community very strong, and it's going to be able to help other small businesses grow, scale, right? And um, it's going to be very awesome. 
No doubt. Um, I spent about eight months over there in India virtually. Well, I actually was supposed to go last year in May, but COVID, COVID. happened. Right. So I've been doing a lot of training virtually over there with the team of teaching them everything that's in my brain and knowing how to procure so we can create this dope uh, software and service for other small businesses to enter into government contracting in a streamlined process. Wow. Very smooth, simple, and immediately start creating opportunity. When, when will that opportunity be available? 2022. 2022. Yes. Look Metro out Global. That. Metro Global. I've, I've, I've seen some little sparkles. I think I've seen like a logo or something. It'll be quietly you know working. Mean, quietly working. I see something brewing in the back. Yeah. Hey, you know, y'all both fam. So, you yes. know, I loved it. I if love you to smell hear that. something burning, Woo! it's only a desire. It's only okay? a desire. Man, listen, bro. Um, You are like, we need to protect you, bro. Huh? We need man, to protect God you. God got me. But God and us. We got to give some extra backup because. You the guy, man. Like every time you come in the room, you bring so much energy, so much excitement to this space. And you know, you my brother for life. Man, so I love, I love man. having you on the platform. I love man. you. And um, <laughs> it's just, it's just dope, man. I get excited every time I'm around Likewise. you. Just hearing this stuff, hearing you rattle off all this information. It's like, who knows this stuff? Like you are so deeply immersed in this information. It's crazy. Uh, and the reason being that. In order for me, I stay a student, so I don't know everything, and I'm never going to say that I know everything, and I'm never going to put myself as a guru, expert, you know, this, uh, these expert titles and specialist titles and, and stuff like that. I'm a student, all right? I'm going to always stay a student. That means I'm going to always learn, so as I'm learning more, I'm pouring back in. I'm coming back in. I go out here to these different events and these network events and these different conventions and speaking with these different government agencies. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for us. It's when you grow, we grow. Right. So when I get this information, I learn these new things. I come back and give it to my community. I come back and give it to my tribe. I come back giving it to my father. I come back giving it to the world. Right. Yeah. Not holding nothing in. Yeah. When I when I leave this earth, I'm going to be empty of all of my ideas and everything when I'm in the grave. Yeah. I'm not I'm not taking anything with me. Yeah. I want to leave everything here so it pass on, pass on. That's that's legendary. That's legacy. No you doubt. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Yeah. And that's real. I mean, I, I know you and I know you're all about impact. You don't even like the titles. You're like, nah, bro. That's nah, no. It's just I'm just doing God's work. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Final thought, bro. Let's get that final thought and then let's wrap up. Let everybody know who's not familiar with you, whoever's under a rock somewhere, yeah. where they could connect with you, Global Connects, yes. and learn more, man. Yes, yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram, Global Leader underscore. Follow me on Twitter, Global Connects, all right, underscore. Um, reach out to us on our website, theglobalconnects.com. We got some dope programs, five day boot camp training. We've been doing, you know, helping a lot of small businesses grow into this space. Um, and check me out on Wednesdays. We Global Wednesdays, 9.30 mm. p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's a you know, fact. I go live and I just give away the gems. I give away strategies and hacks to doing business with the world's largest customer. And you can ask all your questions. These are This is a platform and stuff that I, I create out there to where it's free. All right. So there's no excuse. No right. Doubt. No doubt. So, you know, you know, in business, you have different services and stuff like that. That's cool. But I also created these other outlets for people that may not have those certain type of finances yet to enter in. It still does not condemn you or hold you back from not doing business with the world's largest customer because I started off with no money when I secured my first government contract. So just because you may not have the finances right now should not stop you from trying to learn. So I'm going to give these outlets, do these uh, uh, free webinars I do once a month and do these uh, live uh, We Global Wednesdays. You know, where I can speak for hours just on government contracting, come and bring all your answers. I mean, your questions are not, and, I, and I'm answering them. You know what I mean? We're dialoguing, you know? 
And that's the that's the most important thing is this creating an environment of learning is fun. Government contract is not sexy. All right. It's I'm sexy, not government contract. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> it's the difference. That's right, that's right, that's right. So, you know, it, it's created where it's where it's engaging, you want to learn. And that's the thing with the energy, the, the my, my my tempo, the way I deliver it. I really think. You know, when I'm at home in my head, how can I deliver it to where that they understand and they don't fall asleep? Right. Because government contracting, when it all said and done, the lights go off, we go where they done, and it's just you in the far and in your house, you're going to go to sleep. That's a fact. So it's something that has to make you be more wanting to stay into it. You know what I mean? So I focus more on just self-development, personal development to where I can be able to teach at a high level to where that... It is creating a strong impact. And that's that's what my focus is on right now, focusing on being a better teacher. Yeah, yeah. Is that the final thought? Are we going to leave it there? Yeah, you got, you, or you got one more? You know I got some more. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, be going, we'll be here to, to sunrise. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, y'all. Truck and Hustle, Global Connects. You know we fam for life, y'all. For real. Um, you ain't letting know where to connect you, right? Yes. Connect with you. All right, so yes. we did that. You dropped the final thought. This is part two, 400 acres in a Maserati. Yes. This is going to be a part three and a four and a five. <laughs> oh, this is a lot as more. It, as it keeps on yes. growing. So, um, man, stay connected to this brother, man. This is my guy right here. Him, appreciate, appreciate you as appreciate always, you bro. appreciate you always, man. Love is love. I love you, man. Love and, you, too. Uh, my brother, Umar, too. Shout yeah, out to the shout out to the boy, boy, Umar Clark, that's man. That's my guy. Talking about Big Impact. Oh, my God. That's Mr. Big Impact oh, himself. What? Yes. What? Yes. Oh, every time I see that, man, I'm like, this guy, man. For he, real. It's crazy. I crazy. love it. I, I love it. I love what y'all have, the whole family. It's that's, dope, man. That's, that's what the community has built in us, where we're from, what, what, we, what we've been raised around. And, 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 and it just looks dope because... Um, we're we're spreading this impact and this message in our own unique way. Yes. Right? But we're still one. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's this, like, us on this journey, and we will talk all the time and saying, no, we're, we're like, we ain't doing nothing yet. Yeah. We ain't did nothing. Yeah. We still got a lot more work to do. That's a fact. That's how we talk. It's a lot more work to go. Yeah. It's a lot of, well, we got more work to do. We yeah. ain't did nothing. Did that's nothing. our mindset because we haven't. Yeah. We're just getting started. That's a fact. You know, so we just stay humble, keep our head down on that rug, pray, and stay out the way, and do right. Honesty, integrity, smart work. No doubt. Yes, sir. Man, Hustle Fam, if you don't respect that, then your whole perspective is whack. You know what we do <laughs> around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Man, me and him, we out. <laughs> yes. My brother.